Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host Dino and I'm here again with my co-host Chris Salsby. How you doing Chris? I'm good, how are you today? I'm good, I am in a very wet and windy Christchurch, New Zealand. It oh lovely. pelting, absolutely pelting today and I don't know why. Um, said 30% chance of rain in my app, well um, yeah I don't know how that could have gotten more wrong it was a hundred percent um oh. and just yeah massive amount of rain so I mean, not I mean, the happiest to be fair they had that problem in paris at the weekend didn't they they did 20 percent oh. chance of rain oh 20%. controversial 20 yeah, percent rain it's a myth oh, anyway <laughs> we need um we need more accuracy it would do we're not but, getting enough yeah but in saying that First race that has been a wet race for Paris. Yeah, lots of rain actually. Flip a cack. Okay, right. Let's let's get uh, stuck into this. Firstly, we're going to talk about a competition that we've going on right now. So we have a Hot Wheels Robo race to give away. Anyone can enter, and it is one entry per person. And what you have to do to enter is on Twitter or Facebook. You need to let us know who is going to win the Formula E Season 5 Championship and why they stand out amongst the crowd of yeah people at the top of the standings because it is insane at the moment and has just become more insane with Paris. So let us know which one and I will pick the best well. I'm sure Chris will have a say as well. <laughs> I will. I'll uh, state my opinion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I thought I would just read out a few. And there's a couple of cool entries. So, at the moment, Edward Hunter from Twitter says, I think he has been a little unlucky of late, but I believe that Sam Bird will win the title. His pole lap with a damaged car in Marrakesh was exceptional, as was his comeback drive from dead last to ninth in Mexico. The guy just never gives up and is one of the fastest out there. Thank you, Edward. That is an awesome entry. I don't know, Sam Bird, he could win it. Sam Bird could, yeah. He had a bit of a shocker in Paris, but um, this this was sent into us before Paris. so That's a, that's a fair a fair shout, really, I think. Sam could very easily do it. But... It is, definitely. And Nico Naves, I think Da Costa will be crowned Season 5 champion because consistency has proven to be key, and he's been quite a consistent driver and scored points in almost every race. Yes, that would be... I think he'd be a lot further than um, than our, our current leader if that uh, coming together didn't happen uh, of the, the Sims and Acosta. Where was that? I can't quite remember, but um, very unlucky. So thank you, Nico. And uh, you're in the draw. We'll move on. Media of the Week. I have a Media of the Week F1 Shakedown podcast. Rowan David, they are Aussies. Uh, they do a Formula One podcast. And they are great and fun to listen to. It's a fairly new podcast, and I just, yeah, started talking to them on Twitter and had a had a pretty good chat to them, and they sound really cool. So hopefully we'll get to do some crossover episodes and get them on the podcast. But yeah, it's worth a listen. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, have you heard of heard of them, Chris? No, I'll have to uh, I'll have to uh, have a look at their uh, content for sure. I'll do that later in the week. Yeah, I'm. I mean, there's there's so many different podcasts, but they all have different points of view. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's uh, nice and diverse. Yeah, everyone seems to have different takes on on the happenings. So yeah, that's a good thing. So give it a listen. You know, I will. 
Now, Chris, do you have a media of the week? I have multiple medias of the week. Uh, Ooh. It's it's so hard to call it. You know, it's between Avengers Endgame. Oh. Which may I say is a fantastic film. Well. Or Game of Thrones, you know. The last time I recorded the podcast, I don't think Series 8 had started. Oh, it might have started. It might have been because it might. Only... I think it started like the day of, like maybe it's like twelve hours later. Now, oh, right? And yeah, you know, three episodes in, and ooh, fantastic! It so is good. Great. It I is haven't so seen episode good. three at the time of recording, but I'm looking yeah. forward to it so much. I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone, you know, and I won't spoil Endgame for anyone, of course. But I'm also going to see oh, them wow. on the fourth of next month. So oh, do not I went, spoil it. I saw it on a Thursday. I did the midnight showing. Oof. I, I can't do midnight maniac. showings anymore. I'm getting I mean, old. neither can I. I usually fall asleep in the cinema on a regular basis, you know. Mary Poppins Returns had no chance, unfortunately. Oh, I can imagine but. that they would have no chance, but yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I um, this is a side, but I once got tricked into going to Les Mis. Thinking, oh, yes. Oh, this is cute. Oh, Hugh Jackman's. Hugh Jackman's half a decent singer. This is a cute opening. And then it didn't stop. Yeah. So. It's a nice curveball of the uh, 21st century, that one. You yeah, know. it was. Good, good film, though. good musical, really. Yes, yeah. but we're here to talk about motorsport. So, news. Yes, we are. What have we got first up on the news, Chris? Uh, we have the news that Envision Virtual Racing has agreed to a multi year partnership with. Harley Davidson. What? Harley Davidson? You mean the motorbike company? Harley Davidson, the motorbike company. So Vision Virgin Racing is one of the founding and most successful teams in Formula E, the world's first fully electric racing series and one of the fastest growing motorsports in the world. During its time in the championship, the team has notched up more than 700 points, an impressive 8 wins and 23 podiums, and recently became the first team to have recorded victories in all five seasons to date. In fall 2019, Harley-Davidson's first electric motorcycle, Livewire, will be available for sale. That is exciting. This is an interesting partnership. It is an interesting partnership. That's why I, uh, as soon as I saw that in my uh, mailbox, I thought, oh, I've got to cover that. Yeah, that's really, really yeah, cool. Really, really interesting, you know. It's great to see uh, Virgin, you know, just any team partner with Harley Davidson. And that is really exciting. Yeah, when I first read this, I thought, hmm, a motorcycle company that's, you know, these these massive gas guzzling motorcycles, yeah, with a with an electric, and I hadn't heard about it and was blown away. Um, I think Envision Virgin, the right team as well. I think Richard Branson um, would be a really really good fit as well for for the Harley Davidson sort of image as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they're a very good fit. You know, very uh, correlating brand messages and ideas. So. Yeah, for sure. Very, very, very well integrated. I like that. I like it a lot. Okay. Well, we we look forward to seeing this live wire, and we'll give you some more news on it then. Yeah, I can't wait. I think I've seen some images of it. Uh, maybe it's last year, but 
It's like a just a quintessential Harley Davidson look, just electric, which is awesome. Awesome. I mean, that's all it's going to need to sell, isn't it? Precisely. It's all you need, really. It's like Mini did a fully electric classic Cooper, which is a cool, you know, similar thing. Yeah. Okay, Jaguar looking at changes to the iPace eTrophy race format. And again, from eRacing365, attack zones among possible changes to the iPace eTrophy for next season. Now, this one, interesting that they, you know, potentially could be borrowing this from Formula E. And I think it could work. That is out with team principal of Jaguar, uh, James Barclay. And they are quite keen to have a look at changes it's not confirmed as yet but it's he said absolutely one of their thoughts chris do you think this would be a good addition to the series Seen so far uh, in the jackie right pc trophy is that overtaking's quite difficult um i think that the cars have a top speed of 120 miles an hour i want to say but the races are very flat out and it makes overtaking very difficult. And I think if you did introduce some kind of like attack mode structure, it doesn't have to be attack mode, but if it had like an, an element of attack mode or even like a fan boost or something, uh, I think it would play a more strategic part and might spice up the racing. And, you know, it's always good to see a series develop and, you know, it could be a, right, a step in the right direction for uh, the IPC trophy. Yeah, I can't see like a, a pit stop or anything like that coming in. Yeah, I can't see a pit stop, but I think an attack zone, attack mode thing would be a, quite, a, quite a good introduction, in all honesty. Yeah, it just shakes it up. Right, and that leads us into the Jaguar I-Pace E-Trophy. Qualifying Brian Sellers on pole, his first pole of the season. Well-deserved. Yeah, qualifying was fantastic for the IPC trophy. So, uh, as we've already mentioned, the uh, the weather throughout race day in Paris was oh, it was questionable, wasn't it? It was so unpredictable. Hail, and there was a uh, yeah, we had hail in the actual race, but in qualifying, we uh, had a bit of rain, and it meant that the circuit was wet. But then it didn't rain for the remainder of the session, so it was a story of constant track evolution. And basically, whoever crossed the finishing line last would be on pole position. And um, Kaka Bueno had dominated qualifying. It looked like no one was going to beat him. And Sellers, after the checkered flag had waved, came across the line with this fantastic stunning lap to take pole position and bonus points as a result. But wow, what a qualifying session. And I mean, that, that really did transfer to the race, in all honesty. Did you see the race? I didn't see the race, unfortunately. I saw the highlights. Damn, it was fantastic. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've been following Stefan Rosinski, and I really liked what he's been up to recently. He's probably one of the most active on Twitter out of all the drivers. Yes, yeah, I would say so. And he just really seems to get stuck in with the fans, so I really, I really yeah. like what he's doing. Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. And because of that, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, you've got a really sweet livery and um, TWR to cheetah with a podium this time. So I was really happy. Yeah, exactly. I think Stefan's doing a fantastic job at the moment. At the start of the season, we saw him struggle like, quite a bit. I don't think he finished any of the first three races. But then since then, 
Oh, are you starting to um, really show his maturity? And he's just delivering week in, week out. And um, second place in Paris marked his best result to date. And I think that that's well-deserved. That's very much well-deserved because he uh, he did do a good job, didn't he? He, he really did does. do a good job. Yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed. We saw Sellers win, obviously. Uh, the IPC Trophy's first multiple winner as well for Sellers. So uh, Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we uh, we saw Sellers etch himself into the history books in Paris with a uh, sublime drive. He uh, led from pole position to the checkered flag. But what a, what a race we actually saw! It was I think it was probably the best race of the season. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check it out. A lot of the running was I I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of the running wasn't under green. There was a lot of yellow flags, a lot of full course yellows. But what we saw was. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, we had uh, Archie Hamilton in the guest car. I think he drove in uh, in the 24 hours of Le Mans a few years ago. But he hasn't really done much in racing. So the uh, the race in Paris was very much a comeback for him. And, I mean, he made a right mess out of things. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was crazy. He, uh, you know, hit your man Bandar al in turn three on the first lap. Oh, I love Bender. Yeah, and then he hits uh, Celia Martin. Oh, you know. Yeah, she seems to. I did see that. That was in the highlights, and uh, I saw, I saw um, Celia get away, but um, Bender, yeah. I think, came off second best. Um, also, the who was it? Uh, Kaka Bueno. Yes. Who went into the barriers? Well. He slapped the barriers before going into the barriers um, because of a puncture. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we saw uh, Cacabuena was in second, I think. And he, he came out of um, turn two, which is uh, a right-hander, a very fast right-hander, and just completely understated and slapped his car under the barriers. And it was a heavy hit. It was a heavy hit. Picked up a puncture. And after there's been heavy rain and hail out on track, unfortunately, you're never going to stop the car. And he just went straight on at turn three, head on into the barriers. And that, that just ended the race. That brought out a red flag and it ended early. But an, an unpredictable race. Yes. Yeah, Celia Martin uh, in her home race from 10th to 6th and second on the Pro-Am podium. So she's picking up a few more points now. Honestly, I'm constantly impressed uh, with her driving because this is her first full first season in any form of motorsport, and we're seeing her constantly grow and improve as a driver, and it's it's honestly fantastic to watch, fantastic to watch. And her performance in Paris was it was exceptional. I have nothing but praise. It isn't often that I praise a driver um, a lot, but. She, you know, she's. It's nice to see her do well. It really is. She's doing a very good job. Brilliant, ah, uh, brilliant. That, yeah, that sounds like a really good race. Yeah. The highlights. If the highlights were anything to go by, it would have been stellar. Okay, so it's just seat stuff, unpredictable. Okay, so we'll move on from the iPace E Trophy, Formula E qualifying. Yes. <laughs> No, um, qualifying for the Formula E was 
I mean, who? I don't even know where to start. It was good, wasn't it? It was. Now, yeah. we did see quite a few of the, I guess, Group 1, as it's called. Uh, Bird, not going so great, in 15th. Uh, Vern, 14th. We've got uh, Mortara down in 12th. Um, but notably Evans. Obviously, he, he was sweeping the track for everyone. And um, 20th. Yeah, that's the thing with Group 1 qualifying. You've got uh, five drivers, and because they're the first drivers out on track, they're always going to be cleaning up the circuit. And we saw, uh, I think it was D'Ambrosio, De Costa, Lodera, Evans and Degrassi sitting in the garage until the final moments of the session, just waiting for someone else to make the move. Because and no one did. No one did, and it was Evans who um, who had to go first. And these the drivers really did leave it to last minute to see who was going to jump first. So I think D'Ambrosio started his final flying lap with five seconds left on the clock. So Precision. It was, it was really close, but yeah. And we saw D'Ambrosio string together a fantastic little lap. It was quality, wasn't it? He set the fastest time, yeah. And, and D'Ambrosio usually struggles in qualifying. And I think Dilbag Gill admitted, you know, Jerome isn't at his best over the pace of one lap. He's better in the race. And we saw D'Ambrosio top group one qualifying and actually secure a place in Super Bowl. And he was the only group one qualified to actually achieve that. So, you know, hats off to him, really. It was brilliant. It was a, it was a great lap. Now, we'll just run through. Oliver Rowland... After qualifying on top, Pascal Verlein second, Boemi third, Frains, D'Ambrosio, and Felipe Massa. Now we get to Super Pole, and obviously Verlein stunning lap, but it didn't stand. So as it would have been, Pascal Verlein would have been on top, uh, Oliver Rowland second, Boemi third. Uh, Frains fourth, and I think D'Ambrosio was fifth, and Massa sixth. Uh, Massa fifth, D'Ambrosio sixth. Right. Okay. So, so a first and sixth would have been for Mahindra, uh, and then yeah, the two Nissans. But that was unfortunately not to pass, as Mahindra both got disqualified for tire pressure. Yeah. So um, Verline and D'Ambrosio were both disqualified from qualifying. Uh, like post-qualifying scrutineering found um, their tyre pressures were too low in accordance with Formula E's regulations, so that resulted in their disqualification. They started in uh, 21st and 22nd, but um, that handed Oliver Rowland pole and Boemi second place, so it was a, a Nissan front row lockout. So uh, that meant that Rowland became the first repeat pole sitter of the season as well. It got a nice, uh, small haul of uh, three points from qualifying. But very frustrating for Mahindra, because this small error has cost them massively. It's a huge amount of points. It, it, it's the carnage that went on at the back. If they had started up there, it's, it could have been so different. It could have been so different. Uh-huh. It could have been an entirely different story in Paris for Mahindra, and unfortunately... This small, small issue, you know, this slip-up, cost them dearly. It really did. And at this stage in the season now, you can't afford to be making mistakes like that. No, you know. definitely not. 
Exactly. I mean, we've always seen Mahindra, you know, kind of struggle in the second half of the season. We saw that last year, you know, they threw away a potential championship with Rosenquist from Rome onwards in the European races. And Mahindra have to be careful. They have to be really careful because we haven't seen them up at the front. And it's the first time up at the front since Mexico City, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. And in the blink of an eye, you know, it's gone. That's that's how it is sometimes. Now the race, the absolute carnage that was Paris. We had rain uh, and we had a safety car start for the first time this season. Yeah, we had a bit of everything, didn't we? The uh, the race started in a safety car conditions because um, the IPC trophy obviously saw all of this rain and hail. And the track, um, basically, the the race start, the starting line is in between turn two and three, so the first corner is turn three. And there are trees on the right-hand side of the circuit looking down to turn three, and that caused a shadow of the track. I might be completely wrong here. <laughs> I don't think there are trees there. But no, it meant that, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it meant the half of the track, the left-hand side of the track was dry, while the right-hand side of the track was wet. So that meant that um, drivers um, starting, you know, on the right-hand side would have had an unfair advantage. I think it was the even-numbered drivers on the starting grid. Yeah, first and third would have been away. Yeah. Uh, second, second would have been completely yeah, dead in the water. Because... Yeah, precisely. The trees and the shade, um, you've got the slippery leaves, you've also got it not being as dry as the other side, so you are done. Yeah, exactly. I think it was a very good call from the FIA to start it behind the safety car. It did kind of remove the excitement from the start, I'll admit. It but, did. But, you know, it made it more fair, really. So. It did. And that's, that's what we want. Exactly. We want fair racing. This was absolute carnage. What happened? Uh, we had in the DNF list. Now we'll first start with, unfortunately, Tom Dillman, who had the fastest lap of the race. My man, Tom. He was he was running well into the points. Neo had a good good showing, actually. Uh, Tom started eleventh. Yeah, they did. Uh, they had a nice little. They had competitive pace. I wouldn't say competitive, but um, they were running comfortably inside the top ten with Turvey and Dillman. But, again, you know, just like Mahindra did in qualifying, throwing away that good starting position, Neo kind of threw away points in the race, really, which is so, so upsetting. I'll say competitive for points. Would you yeah. agree? I would, yeah. I would agree there. I think the, uh, the weather played a large part. But you've got two good drivers in Turvey and Dillman. And the car's just, I mean, the car's garbage, isn't it? Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, if any of the Neo team listen to this podcast, I, I, you know, I hope that you you guys improve <laughs> and that you can get some points because it's not looking good. Um, as the viewer, I mean, we we see that you guys are struggling, but it, it could have been some great points. Um, so they do look like they've improved. Yeah, and to the potential is there with Neo. You know, I, I'll openly admit that I do like Neo. The the um they powered um PK Junior to the inaugural championship. But I think they were next E V back then. But I went to a Neo season five car launch. Um 
it was London. cool and it was it was I, really oh it was brilliant i absolutely I watched it. it yeah i made sure that i live streamed that one that i was yeah. there to watch it because that one i knew would be cool and i knew that dillman would be announced so yeah was, it was fantastic was, right. oh, the, the canapes were great you know i think it was a tuna with some caviar on top fantastic oh great oh it was really really good over there yeah 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 very nice but uh neo season five car launch was you know really good I spoke to uh, Dillman and Turvey, and they were very, you know, very looking, very much looking forward to the start of the season. And uh, Jerry Hughes was, you know, of course, realistic. You know, we'll, we'll only know in testing. We'll only know in testing. If they do deserve success, you know, I really want to see Dillman and Turvey do well because they are top class drivers. They're top flight drivers in Formula E, and the car doesn't reflect their ability. And you know. That that's the thing. They are one of the better lineups on the grid. There's no question. Yeah, that's yeah, hands down. They're probably yeah, I'd say they're one of the best lineups on the grid in all honesty. Because Turvey, Turvey's an impeccable driver. He's fantastic. You know, again, I'll openly admit that I think Turvey's top, the top driver. To be fair, I think you know, apart from Robin Frains and Sam Bird and Degrassi Apt and Vern Lotterer. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fighting in there for fourth. I reckon. I reckon they're the f- fourth best driver pairing on the grid. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. I would agree with that. You know, yeah. Ter- Turvey's fantastic in qualifying. Dillman's always well. You know, as from what we saw of Venturi, he's always good in the race. So, okay. So Dillman unfortunately threw it away after a safety car restart. Yeah. Um and went into the pits and that was him done. Um now DNFing also Alex Lynn, who was almost in the points but got collected by a very ambitious Mortara. I think very ambitious is also very generous. Okay. <laughs> Stupid move. Yeah. Um I don't know what Mortara yeah. was thinking. I mean, yeah, yeah. That was I mean he he just I don't know. He might have thought, yeah, I'll go for it, then oh no. And too late. Um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Stoffel Van Dorn, I think he just quietly retired. Um, Sims, yep, he couldn't stop and slapped into a barrier. Yeah, he got wiped out by Roland. Ah, right. And Roland had no wing at all at one point. Um, it was <laughs> it was absolute carnage. It was carnage. a hectic the, one, wasn't it? Yeah, there's, there's just so much you can say about it. Um, go and watch it. We don't have the time to talk about it all. So the points. Uh, Pascal Verline gets a point uh, from starting at the back, which great from him. It was that was actually a really good drive, just quietly. Yeah, yeah, he quietly tripped away at the uh, in the race, didn't he? He went from the from twenty second to tenth, which is a very nice performance. But you know, D'Ambrosio did a a nice drop as well for Mahindra. I think he he was running in eleventh on the on the fringes of you know taking a top ten finish before he. Bend it, but yeah. Um, yeah, a nice little performance from Mahindra. But the thing is, the the fact that Verline was able to get tenth shows the pace that they actually had in Paris. They they definitely have it. They definitely do. Yeah, precisely. Okay, Felipe Massa, two points. Uh, Gary Paffett, a good effort from Gary, four points. HWA. Yeah, second points finish of the season. So he seemed to stay out of trouble and uh, chip away, like you said. Um, De Costa six points. I think you'll be disappointed by that. Yeah, 
Dias to Cheetah, Vern, eight points. That's good from starting at the back too. Uh, started 12th to 6th. Just quietly as well, Gary Paffett, 17th to 8th. That's a great drive. This is the thing with Gary. You know, we, we might have said that he struggled this year, and it hasn't been an easy year for him. Yeah, he hasn't really raced in single-seaters all that much, well, at least recently in his career. I think he spent 15 seasons in the DTM prior to this. But in wet conditions, when the conditions become become a little bit sketchy, you know, he's he's very good, isn't he? We saw him set, he was very quick in Hong Kong in the rain. But then in Paris, he's delivered the team with an eighth place finish there. And he's just kept it clean, kept the car out of trouble. You know, he's, he's delivered the goods, hasn't he, with four points? He has, that's great. Now, John Eric Verne, uh, eight points. Uh, Maximilian Gunther. Now, 10 points, started 5th, ended 5th. Great drive. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Now, you've got to think, and I think Maxi Gunther actually liked one of our, our Twitter posts. Which oh, is brilliant, cool. brilliant. Uh, yeah, Dillman and, and Gunther seem to be doing that, actually, so that's cool. Shout out to both those guys. Um, very impressive against Jose Maria Lopez all season, deserves, completely deserves, to stay in the car. Yeah, he does. He does, let's face it. I don't know if he'll be in the car for the next race, though. Um, unfortunately. he wa- Yeah, he wasn't supposed to be in the car in Paris. And it was announced that he was partnering Lopez again uh, in the run-up to the race. And it came as a bit of a surprise, but I think NASA is doing was doing um, race prep for the next round in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in America for uh, Action Express Racing. But it was it wasn't predicted. Um, NASA was supposed to be back in the car for Paris. He was only supposed to miss Rome, but we're seeing Gunther back in. He might be on a race by race deal. But I spoke to a, a source within Dragon, and I've been told that, you know, Paris is the last time we'll be in the car. But we also heard that in Rome. Well, you've got to say that there'll be a bit of an outcry after his performance. But precisely, because, you know, that, that's a strong result. It's fifth, fifth place, um, 10 points for Dragon. That's helped them jump forward in the championship as well. It has. That's, it was a great drive. And you've got to say, if anyone's going to be replaced, it should be Lopez. Yeah, he's been at the team for two seasons now, and he hasn't really done much, unfortunately. Um, he did he did quite well with DS Virgin in his first season, which was season three, if I remember correctly. I think he took a podium there, but he hasn't really done anything since. I think he's maybe just overdriving the car. We've seen him. Um, he crashed in practice two on his 250-kilowatt push lap qualifying simulation. And he's just making silly little mistakes that are proven to be very costly, you know. Just by keeping his nose clean, Gunther's delivered the team with 10 points and a 5th place finish, which is their best result of the season to date. By far. Yeah, and he's um, kind of overshadowed Lopez considerably. And as for Nasa, we've only seen him three times. And he, he does have to get acclimatised, but... But that's the thing. Does he have enough races left to get acclimatised before the end of the season? I that's mean, the thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe just maybe Lopez just needs to sit out for a race or two and 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 come back fresh. 
Um, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think something has to be done at Dragon. I think they just need a consistent performance baseline and they need to know who's going to be in the car in each week, realistically. Because right now it's unpredictable. It's like a soap, a soap, a soap opera. Lucas Degrassi coming in with 12 points. Uh, a good showing from him. Daniel Apt on the podium, 15 points. Andre Lotterer, 18 points. And Robin Frains getting the win. Awesome. Yeah. It was a good little result for Frains. He, uh, first ever win in Formula E. Uh, first Dutchman to win in Formula E. Uh, Formula E's day, eighth different winner in eight races this season. And I also think it was on uh, the national holiday of his home country. You're joking. I read it somewhere, but I haven't fact-checked it. Okay. Well, it we'll, claim it as, yeah. we'll claim it as truth. Okay. Now, I can't remember who I picked to win this. I'm hoping it was Robin Frains, because I did a couple I of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've enjoyed him, actually. He... A bit cheeky to have the flag in his car, though. What do you think about that? I, mean, <laughs> I think it was passed to him by a marshal, but I'm not quite sure. But uh, if it I wasn't, know, it just appeared. Yeah, if it was <laughs> in the car, you know, uh, hats off to him. That's that's confident. <laughs> but, yeah, well, starting third on the grid, you may as well chuck it in there just in case. Might, I mean, you might as well chuck it in your car anyway, wherever you're starting in Formula E at this rate, because you know we've seen anyone could win now. You know, brilliant. Yeah, it was a great drive. He did really have to sort of manage it a couple of times. Um, and Andre was really quick, I've got to say. Yeah, so um, we saw Fran start in third, moved up to second when Roland just crashed in turn three yeah. after two minutes. Um, don't know what caused that. And then um, he picked up front wing damage trying to overtake Sebastian Buemi. And I think this broke one of the mounting pods on his front wing. So um, the front wing was, you know, getting quite loose, uh, lap by lap. And Buemi slowed with a puncture, and then Franz maintained the lead. But it would have been stressful in that car with the front wing, you know, flat, not really flapping about, just scraping along the floor, not knowing if it's going to drop off. But he did do a very good job. Do you think the only thing that saved him was the amount of safety cars? Um. It's a hard call. I think they definitely helped him. They gave him that time to breathe. But I don't think Lotter really had the pace to contend in the wet. I know this, the the front wing would have the front wing damage would have caused a little bit of understeer, which is you know what you want in wet weather conditions. Yeah, it was just a very good drive from him. Very good drive. And, you know, we we saw Lotter challenge in the drive, but he just it just kind of stagnated, didn't it? There was no really, not really a challenge from there. Yeah, I, I do remember Lotterer challenging a bit, but that might have been in the dry. And yeah, Robin did have to manage it at points. So a great, great drive. Uh, yeah. Lotterer sixth to second and apt seventh to third. Great. Yeah, fantastic. Nice uh, podium result for Lotterer and uh, apt. Okay. Driver of the day. I'm going to go with Maxi Gunther. It's a stellar drive, and obviously, I'll say it once again, deserves to stay in the car. Who are you going for, Chris? I think it's a very hard call. And, you know, after after the race, this is the first thing that I try to think about. 
who would I pick? The name of Oliver Rowland came to mind, and hear me out, it's it's a controversial pick. I'm not liking this, but go ahead. Rowland completely ruined his race, let's face it. He ruined his race. He crashed out from the lead, lost his front wing, fought back through the pack to 12th, crashed again, crashed a few more times, you know, ruined a few of the drivers' races. But the thing is, the pace that he had wasn't bad. No, it was incredible. You know, and if he'd kept his nose clean, I think he, he could have fought through. Um, but I can't give driver the dead Roland, let's face it. <laughs> I'm going to go no. for Franz. I'm going to go for Franz. Yeah. Quite simply, because he, he did he did deliver. It was a very good race, management race. He did. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Very well managed, very well managed. Um. Also, yeah, shout out to Gary Pafford as well. Great drive, and also Verline to get a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D'Ambrosio as well, he did a very good job uh, until he um, crashed. He did. Okay, the Drivers' Championship. Robin Frains takes the lead. How did that happen? Consistency. <laughs> 81 points. Uh, one point behind Andre Lotterer. Now, these are two names that I didn't expect to be up there at this stage of the season. Antonio Felix da Costa, 70, and also on 70 now, Lucas de Grassi. Uh, Jerome D'Ambrosio down to 5th on 65. Jean-Eric Verne, 61. Mitch Evans, 61. Apt coming up on 59. Bird, oh, Bird's down in ninth with 54. Yeah. He has the squad for three races now. Yeah, Mortara, 53. Uh, Roland, 38. Verline, 38. And then we go back to Sebastian Buemi in 13th on 29. Uh, Sims 18, Van Dorn 18 as well. Uh, Massa 16, 10 for Gunther, 8 for Paffett, 6 for Turvey, and 2 for Jose Maria Lopez. Do you want to have a read of the Constructors' Championship? So in the Constructors' Championship, we have DS Tachita, Leading the way on 141 points in his one win. In second, we have Envision Virgin with 135 points. Third, Alice Rafler with 129. Major Racing sits in fourth with 103, while BMW I and Ready Motorsport complete the top five with 88 points. Venturi Formula E sit in sixth with 69, while Nissan Edams follow closely behind in seventh with 67. We then have Panasonic Jaguar Racing on 62 in 8th place. Their race lap with 26, of course, aided by Van Dorn's uh, podium in Rome. By finishing in 10th place, uh, Gunther also launched Jokestragen into 10th uh, with 12 points. And Neo now sits at the back of the pack in 11th with only 6 points after 8 races. So it is a difficult season. The, uh, now- former driver champions. Yeah, so that that fifth place, 10 points for Gunther, takes them off the bottom. We've got HWA Race Lab on 26. That's a good effort. First season. It's a very nice uh, run from HWA. Very, very nice. Uh, looking forward to seeing how that uh, shifts over the next few races. And yeah. Monaco. Monaco next. Yeah. Oh. Be a good one. Okay, after the race, Jerome D'Ambrosio, Eduardo Mortara, and Oliver Rowland all got three place grid penalties for the next race. 
causing collisions, um, go and check out the collisions. Go and watch the race if you haven't. They are, yeah, massive. Yeah, unfortunately, Mortara's was just a bit of, yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked about stu- it. Okay. stupidity. <laughs> Four full course yellow activations and a safety car period, but crucially, no red flags in this race. Yeah, yeah, no red flags. Turn three uh, was the best opportunity for overtaking, but Mortara got it wrong, um, so he got a penalty. Now, Alex Lynn was just a bystander, unfortunately. Uh, D'Ambrosio, his penalty was hitting Sam Bird at turn three after a heavy period of rain. And Roland, well, he sort of, yeah. Yeah, um, he sent it back yeah, for Alexander yeah. Sims. Sorted out Alexander Sims and, um, yeah, pretty much straight after D'Ambrosio hit Bird, it was a bit messy. Now, those penalties, do you think they're all justified? Um, I think Motara justified. Uh, Roland was just a bit ambitious into turn three when he took out Sims. But I was surprised at D'Ambrosio's. Yeah, I think so I was so surprised too. at D'Ambrosio because he had no, he had no grip and... He did hit Sam Bird, but it's not like he ruined, well, he would have you know, impacted upon Bird's race. Yeah, and they both locked up as well. Yeah, and they did both lock up, and I was I was quite surprised at that, but um, Dan Brosi also got a penalty elsewhere in the race, so, you know. That's unfortunate, um, so. Um... I, was, I was surprised that he got a grid penalty. It's the last thing I would have expected, because I just thought racing incident. You know, both were locking out, both were running wide, and it was it was a tap on the sideboard. Don't think it caused too much damage, but I haven't really looked at anything. No, I haven't. I haven't gone back and did a closer look, but yeah. yeah Alrighty. Um, just in closing, did you manage to watch the Formula One? I did watch the Formula One. I actually read the race report. All oh, right, that's good. That's cool. Now. Question for you: Would you like to see the Formula E cars in Baku at some point? I think that'd be quite tasty, actually. Yeah, I think if we um, if we could somehow do a, a circuit featuring the castle section, uh, obviously miss out the long straights, but um, I think it could be a nice little circuit, depending if you were able to get it um, right. I would imagine it'd be quite similar to um, Anduria. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, with that kind of setup. But I would like I would like to see that on the calendar if possible, you know. And obviously we've got the season five calendar, S- season five calendar. Flipping heck, I'm living in 2018. Uh, I'll come back here then. Yeah, <laughs> we've got the season six calendar uh, slowly taking shape as well. I'm I'm still still hoping for Adelaide uh, to get over there. Yeah, but, it'd be uh, nice. Yeah, I think Azerbaijan would be great. I'm not <laughs> sure if it'll happen. Yeah, but, uh, don't know if Formula it'll E. Formula E, get on that. We would love to see it. Yeah, I'm, st- okay. I'm still campaigning for an Oxford E pre. You know, Oxford E pre. An Oxford now, E pre. That's, that's like me saying, "Oh yeah, a Christchurch E pre." <laughs> Which, to be fair, there's probably a lot of space um, in Central Christchurch. Yeah, there isn't it's... enough space in Oxford. <laughs> and there's nice. There's a nice grid pattern, so it's all very convenient. But yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Perfect. Okay, that's all for this episode. <laughs> right now, Chris Motorsport Monday. I saw that pop up in my uh, email app. Now you've just released another 
another issue? So in our uh, 313th issue, we've got another action-packed one for you. We've got Formula One coverage from Azerbaijan, as we've just discussed. And of course, the Formula Two support racing action on the streets of Baku. We've then got the uh, the Paris Prix, written by yours truly here. And then the uh, Jackie Ride PC trophy, uh, which was, you know, a, a really good race. We also had uh, one of our rally, uh, our rally editor, uh, Jerry Williams, cover Rally Argentina, um, where Thierry Nuvi, uh, of course, won. And we have a nice little feature uh, on the MotoGP, which looks at uh, Valentino Rossi, and if he could potentially secure a 10th title this year, having had the start of the 2019 season that he has had. I would definitely check that out. Keep your eyes peeled, you know. And if you want to go back to issue 312, there's a nice little Formula E-related interview in there uh, with Formula EJ, which is Formula E's resident DJ. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Yep, and we've placed a link in the show notes for that, and uh, we'll leave it there moving forward in the show notes. So... If you would like to get in touch, uh, hello at regenracingpodcast.com is the email address. You can follow us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website is regenracingpodcast.com. So there's more information on there and all the places to subscribe free to the podcast if you don't already. If you could leave us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome and we would really appreciate it. And finally... The intro music, Danelle Armour featuring Sarah DeWarren Gallery, used with permission from Danelle Armour. Check out his amazing music on all major platforms. Thank you once again, Chris. This has been an awesome chat. Yeah, glad to be co-hosting now, of course. Yeah. Yep, you've moved up in the world. Yeah, promoted. Promoted. <laughs> promoted, yes. Promoted. Okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you again. Yeah, thank you very much.